Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production, the podcast. I am your host, Art Aldridge, and you are listening to episode 50, the WWDC announcements. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. So the big announcement this year from WWDC was the announcement that Apple is no longer going to use Intel processors in their Mac desktop and portable computers. So basically any Mac hardware is going to be powered by Apple's own chips. Now, the processor that Apple's been using in the iPad is a ARM processor, CPU, and they've been using their own custom silicon, or what they call a system on a chip, SOC, to handle most of the power and interaction with the hardware. So they've been making these chips now for 10 years in the uh, iOS devices, and they've really had big improvements in both CPU and GPU performance in those 10 years. Uh, I saw somewhere that the Improvement in the CPU over the 10 years has been 100x, and the improvement on the GPU is somewhere in the range of a thousand times faster than it was 10 years ago. Now, if you look at Intel and where their processors and their GPU and where just that development has been in 10 years, you're not seeing those kind of gains. Intel is not developing processors at the rate Apple would like, and they're not seeing the speed gains that Apple would like. The model that Apple's looking at is the performance per watt, which means how much power do you get out of a chip at what um, power consumption? How much power is it consuming for that level of output? And if you really think about that, if you had a car with a thousand horsepower, but because it would overheat so quickly, you can only drive it for about 30 seconds, wouldn't really be great for most use cases. Maybe if you're doing like a 10 second drag, that's enough. But if you're trying to drive to the grocery store or for vacation, that's not gonna work. And that's sort of where Apple is at. Apple has to balance the power versus the consumption. And that's where they they are stuck. They can't get the combinations right using Intel chips. I go back with the Mac computer into the 90s, and the big selling point of a Mac system was that Apple makes the hardware and they make the software. Now, they never made their own processors, but at that time, 
They were using PowerPC processors by Motorola, and they made the, the software and the hardware work together with that combination. And that was the selling point of the Mac versus Windows, which was made by Microsoft, and the processors and the motherboards and all the hardware came from anywhere, right? And you had all these incompatibilities and all these issues that develop when you're not working together as a cohesive team. So Apple's strength historically has been, yes, we make the hardware and we make the software. So this announcement of Apple Silicon in the Macs replacing Intel is not surprising. I think it's a benefit, to be honest, because I think what they're trying to do, I mean, it's not a mystery. They've announced that they want better performance per watt. So I think that we're going in a good direction. Being that these are going to be the same chips that run the iOS devices, you're going to see a blending of the iOS and the macOS. And there is definitely some concern. I'm not too concerned about it, but I only because I've now read some more things about the plan and I've seen the videos. And if you haven't watched the keynote, I mean, there's a million you know, recap videos if you don't watch the whole two-hour keynote. Well-produced, the video production is very slick, so it's worth it just from that standpoint. But there's a million bloggers out there that have done takes on it, and uh, one of the most respected Mac journalists, John Gruber of Daring Fireball, he did a uh, talk show with Craig Federini and uh, Jaws about uh, some of the hardware and software announcements. And Craig said very specifically, we're not going to dumb down the Mac OS to be, you know, just a giant iPad. Like, we're not doing that. It's going to be a Mac OS, but it's going to blend in, you know, some of the features that we can take advantage of that by using the, you know, the iOS hardware. So what does this all mean for the video editor? the producer, the person making a living, you know, using their Mac for uh, creative purposes. Well, it's hard to say right now. This is going to be like a, a two-year transition, they say. They've already got a developer kit that the developers can get, which is a Mac Mini running the, um, the, uh, the latest iPad Gen chip, which is like the, uh, the 12X or something. And what they're showing with this hardware is that the apps currently will run on that system. And there's been some benchmarks and, you know, it's a little too early to tell because they're saying that developer machine is not really the machine that will be used. That chip is not the chip that's going to be used in the first gen uh, machines to come out, but it's showing very good promise. The demo that they showed with Final Cut Pro running on this uh, Apple Silicon was showing, you know, three streams of 4K with real-time color correction filters and, and titling. I mean, real-time playing on the timeline. And then they were showing with what they call machine learning, which is like artificial intelligence, they were showing a way to crop for, let's say, Instagram. So you have normally your 16 by 9 video, but now you want to do Instagram, which is going to be uh, more of a portrait style size. They were showing 
region of interest cropping by machine learning. And they showed an example of a mountain biker coming down a trail and the crop was moving with the bicycle. And it was all being done in real time with machine learning. That's stuff that can only come when you're making the whole system from the hardware to the chip to the software. And that's the kind of development that I think is going to be great for us as creatives to have those tools at our disposal. So they showed Final Cut Pro. They didn't really say anything more really about it other than, you know, it's running on Apple Silicon now. And that might be why we're, you know, haven't seen a new release of Final Cut Pro yet because obviously they knew that this transition was in the works for some time. You know, maybe they were getting the code, what they call Universal Binary 2. That means an app will run on this new gen chip, Apple Silicon, or on Intel chips. So maybe that's part of the delay in the new Final Cut. But it brings up some questions. And they've already said that they're going to still release some Intel-based Macs. Now, I don't know what machines they are. I don't know when they're going to release them. I do know that the first system is going to be out by the end of the year. My guess is it'll be a laptop or some sort of uh, portable device. Could be iMac or iMac Pro. I, I don't know. But the first system will be out at the end of the year. What does that mean for me? Now, I just made a very large investment in a Mac Pro. And I am concerned about where this system will fit in a five-year plan. The intention when I bought the Mac was, okay, this machine has got a lot of expansion. Everything is socketed. It's great. Like, I'll be able to use this system and, and conceivably just upgrade it along the way. Now, with this announcement to Apple Silicon, I am not sure what that means. I don't know if this machine will be compatible with an Apple Silicon system. Now, what drives me a little crazy, because I don't know the answer and I don't want to um, speculate too much to myself about, oh, you know, it's not going to work because this, this, and this. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking out loud. So humor me, if you will. So obviously, it took Apple a long time to, to develop this Mac Pro. I mean, years. I would honestly have to, I honestly, I would be surprised if the design of this machine did not encompass the thought or the fact that they would be moving to Apple Silicon. This was not something that they just dreamt up overnight and they decided to do. I mean, obviously this has been in the works for some time. So if they built this Mac Pro without a way to make it compatible with whatever this next generation Apple Silicon is, I would probably be a little upset. Now, they're saying that the next few OSs, they didn't put a number to it, but they, I think they used the term quite some time, take that for what it's worth, that the next few Mac OSs are going to run equally well on Apple Silicon or the Intel processors. So 
I don't know if there's going to be features that are only available for the Apple Silicon machines or not. It's hard to say. I don't know what the performance gains are going to be with the Apple Silicon. But if that Mac Pro now has a shelf life of, let's say, three years, I would say I would be a little disappointed. I'm probably understating that, but I would be very disappointed if that machine, you know, wasn't viable on the new silicon. If they tell me, and I would have to believe this, that yes, the processor is socketed. You can pull out the processor. You can put in the uh, the Apple silicon chip, and you can do this, this, and this. You know, great. Like I'm I'm a happy camper, and that's what I almost am expecting. There is a couple of questions that I have about some of the other hardware parts. Like if they're not using Intel chips, what happens to Thunderbolt 3? Thunderbolt 3 is Intel technology. If it's not an Intel logic board or whatever other parts are needed to make the Thunderbolt work, do we still have Thunderbolt 3 on the Macs? I have heard some rumors that the next gen Apple processor-based machines will have USB 4. USB 4 is supposed to be speed-wise the same as Thunderbolt 3. It's supposed to be compatible. I don't know if that means that it has to be, something has to be done to it out of the box it works. I, I don't know the answers to that, but I do know it's technically USB 4 is compatible with Thunderbolt 3. The speeds are the same. But what I want to know is that I have a fairly large investment in Promise Pegasus chassis that have Thunderbolt connectivity on it. If that machine comes out and Thunderbolt's no longer compatible, that's kind of screwed up. I wouldn't be happy with that. But I would imagine that they are thinking about these things and they have a plan. Apple has a plan for all of us. I, I want to believe that. So it's hard to say. If you watch the keynote, when they go into the bunker and they're talking about the Apple Silicon machines, they're showing a whole room and there's a couple of Mac Pros in rack chassis. Okay, great. Maybe they're going to make a brand new machine that's got some kind of different logic board. I don't know. But... They're running all the XDR displays. So how are they doing that if there's no Thunderbolt 3? Okay, so, you know, I, I think they're giving us some clues that there's going to be compatibility. I'm guessing it's going to be USB 4. I'm trying to get more information on that, but I haven't been able to factualize anything about that yet. What's going to happen to other software that I run? like Photoshop or After Effects. I don't really use Premiere, but I do have the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite. What happens to Adobe software on these processors? I, I don't know. My guess is that Adobe will have variations of their software that will run on these chips. I mean, they do have some of the tools Photoshop for iOS and things like that, but I don't think, I haven't used it, but I don't, what I've read, it's not quite up to snuff from a pro standpoint. I haven't seen After Effects on an iPad. So these are things that you may not have on day one. 
if you're thinking about making this jump to Apple Silicon. So I do think over time they will get there. Like what happens to Resolve? Don't know. I would imagine that if there are speed gains to be had on this new system, which is what Apple is really going for. I, I have to believe that this new system and these chips that they're putting in these new desktop and portable Macs will be significantly faster. I did see this one video that showed a useful comparison for me. It was Final Cut Pro on a laptop exporting a 4K file for like YouTube. And then they did the same video from LumaFusion, which is the iOS editing app of choice for iPad. And it was showing it on the newest iPad Pro. And the output on the iPad was faster than the output on the MacBook Pro. And that was just with, you know, the current gen chip. They're saying the chips that are going to be in the Macs are going to be even better. So if there are speed gains to be had with this new system, which is, I think, really where we're headed, then I think developers will rewrite their apps for that new system. Now, there's no guarantee, but I would imagine that most Resolve seats are running on Macs. And I would uh, imagine that most Premiere installations are probably running on Macs. So... I don't know that you're going to have it on day one of these new systems, but I mean, honestly, if you're thinking about staying on Intel, you really have to figure you got a three-year lifespan left before those machines will start to um, show their colors, as they say. But for me, I don't care about a laptop with better battery life. Like, that's not the sell for me. Lower power consumption okay yeah more power faster that's what i'm interested in and if these machines can deliver that then it's a no-brainer because time is money right so i'm really really interested in where this is going i'm a little concerned about my mac pro which is just coming up on a year old at the end of this year. So if this has now um, got a uh, expiration date on it, I, I'm going to be upset. But I have to believe that they were well aware of the development of the Apple Silicon for Macs. I have to believe that that was factored into the plan for the Mac Pro. We have to see where it goes. But you know that these systems are not far away. This is already July, so within six months, I bet we're going to see that first system on sale. Interesting times. Definitely interesting times. I do expect to see this new version of Final Cut, though, sometime soon, maybe by September. I think it's probably ready. They're probably waiting till it's a little closer to the shipping of these new Macs, but They've showed it, it has some new icons. I didn't really see a lot of new features in the few screenshots that were uh, posted in the, in the keynote, except for that one that I showed you with the machine learning. 
it's as as always it's a waiting game with apple there is no roadmap man i would love to have a roadmap saying this is what we're planning to do this is when we expect to do it it would just help with planning for professionals so that's what i got this week thanks for listening i'll see you next time do you have something to say Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.